Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the All the World podcast. My name is Cedric Gagel. I am your host. I am an actor, a filmmaker, a screenwriter, and uh, I host this podcast. And I'm very glad to have my guest on today. My guest is John Zeller. He is a cinematographer. He is an editor. He does some cool stuff with wrestling and a bunch of other stuff. He's very, very gifted. He's got a really diverse body of work, and I'm very glad to have him on. John, say hi. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm... I, I love talking to cinematographers because I think, you know, everybody views the world differently, but cinematographers literally view the world. And that's so exciting. <laughs> it is. Great. It is. We're lucky. Yeah, it is, it is a, a good position to be in. For sure. And you live in Pittsburgh, right? I live in Pittsburgh. I've been here for 16 years. 16 years. Um, but right. I, Originally from Ohio, and you and I have that connection. You're a you're a Wapakoneta. Yes, where uh, are you from? Graduate, Defiance. Oh my gosh, I forgot we talked about that. That's right. <laughs> we did talk. We about talked that, about yeah. that like two years ago when we first started yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. Good old WBL connection here. That's right. Right. <laughs> now you're in Pittsburgh, so I have to say, uh, go Bengals. Just yeah, have to th- throw nice. that out here into the that's into fine. the podcast. That's fine. We have, we have six rings. So yeah, right. I'm very proud to say that we have none. Uh, we have not won a playoff game in my lifetime. So that's all the more we're going to talk about the Bengals because uh, <laughs> you're going to win that argument. Um, so just kind of walk me through your journey because you didn't start in cinematography, right? So kind of walk no. me through how you got to, you know, being in Pittsburgh for the past 16 years. Sure. Yeah. So um, like I said, I grew up in Ohio and uh, then I, I moved to Pennsylvania for college. Uh, I went to uh, school in Erie, Pennsylvania. I went to Gannon University and my degree is actually in mechanical engineering. Oh, so wow. I did the whole I did the whole four years mechanical engineering and my grades were going I'm motioning with my hand. My grades are going down. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, um, it kind of took me that four years to like realize that like, what am I doing like in every free moment I have? I'm not studying and I'm I'm working on like screenplays and film. And it's like, you know, where is this coming from? And it's just like, was really like, this is what I want to do. Um, and so I dropped out of grad school. I did graduate, but my I dropped out of grad school. So I didn't get my master's. And I went to Pittsburgh Filmmakers and I started on 16 millimeter film, but just taking any class I could. Um, yeah. And what brought me, yeah, what brought me there was just like a couple like shorts that I did like just on mini DV around campus. And um, really just, there was no film program. So I was just like messing around, but it was enough to like get into filmmakers and have like the professors be like, look, like we'll fill in the blanks and you can kind of go not for a degree, but just to, to kind of be here um, taking classes that you think you could use and kind of growing from there. And so I was, I was at Filmmakers for two years, um, which doesn't exist anymore. It's sad. Um, filmmakers no longer exist. But I, I, I edited on a flatbed. Um, you know, I, I learned the, the photography end of things. I learned the film process end of things. I had some really great professors and uh, John Canteen, Brady Lewis, they're excellent. And um, then I got hired at a studio like right away, like geez, like weeks after I was done with film school. And I started as an editor on commercials, but just like local commercials and stuff. (laughs) So uh, was it anything like I thought I would be doing? I was doing like North Hills Toyota commercials and um, (laughs) it was fun. It it, it was fun, you know, but I'm, you know, young and in my twenties and I'm like, all right, like I'm trying to just live the dream. You know, I'm trying to do the, um, kind of like the Quentin Tarantino thing where it's like, you're just eating, sleeping, breathing, like 
film work. You know, like I, I was also working at a, a video rental store, which used to exist. Um, uh, <laughs> this is this place that you used to go. There's like you'd go and you'd rent, you'd actually grab the movie in your hands. And if it wasn't there, you'd <laughs> right. be mad. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to have the experience of working at a video store and just like watching like, like multiple movies a night. I'd watch like two or three movies a night and fill in like the entire film history of like stuff I missed. And so it wasn't something that I was like into in high school or anything. Yeah. So then uh, the studio grew and grew and grew and um, to the point where we moved to like a, a giant building and we did um, Unstoppable with uh, Denzel Washington, yeah. we were part of that whole thing. Wow. So it was really exciting. And then um, there was kind of like some bad business going on and we got in a situation where we had a lockout, like our, our landlord locked us out and... Um, brought in a different group of us, like a different production group, <laughs> and, and then um, wanted to work with them and ended up selling the land to them. So I was like, had like a Hollywood movie and that it was gone. And then I needed to find something else right away because I had no money. But luckily I had like this, like, you know, plethora of stuff I could show that I did. Like I had, I had commercials, I had, right. I had, you know, um, industrials, I had, you know, all levels of production. Um, we did a pilot for Food Network, like all sorts of stuff. Um, but I, I was always just a different part of the crew on each one. Whatever they needed, I kind of filled in because we were such a skeleton crew of like 20-somethings. Yeah. Um, so um, that kind of led me into kind of focusing more and being like, well, I, I think I'm best at this or I want to do this. And um, I lucked into a job at Edgar Snyder and Associates, which is a law firm, but they're very innovative. And if anybody's in the Pennsylvania area, they know that there's billboards everywhere. Uh, <laughs> coming, to, we're coming towards Philly, actually. Like, I mean, Philadelphia is a big market, but like, yeah, you're, you're going to start seeing billboards out that way, like in Harrisburg soon. Um, I'm excited. And, I look forward to it. <laughs> and uh, he, he's, you know, he's the man. He's the Better Call Saul of our. Uh, our uh, <laughs> town in Pittsburgh. So every, everybody knows him. And um, he knew about he knew about what happened to me. He knew about the studio going under. And uh, he was kind of like, look, like, you know, if you think you can help out here, we'll kind of let you make your own role. We have things that we can give you to do. And uh, we'll see if it works. And so I've been there for 11 years now. Uh, I have my own department, my own position. And he lets me go out and make weird independent feature films on the side. So it's a kind of a match made in heaven. But um, yes, yeah, so that's how I got into this weird um, kind of like jack of all trades, master of none background that I have. Yeah, well, I might disagree with the master of none part of it, but you certainly are <laughs> a, a jack of all trades. So one thing that I think is really interesting out of a whole interesting journey, because you didn't even touch on your work in wrestling, uh, mm -hmm. but... <laughs> I, I find yeah. the way that people get into their disciplines heavily influences their work. So, for example, I got into, you know, directing and screenwriting as an actor. Uh, you know, I wanted to make my own stuff. And so I learned how to write. And then, you know, it was like, well, I wrote this. Now I want to direct it. And so that way I can kind of control my performance to a degree. Because it was like I needed stuff from my reel. And then I found out I really loved it. But as a director, then I learned that my biggest strengths are acting. How did getting into you know, cinematography coming from the editing world, you know, how did, how did that kind of influence your work? Yeah. So, I mean, 
I, at first I loved editing because I was like, oh, I get to actually see the final product. Like that's the last version of it is the version that I touch. And so that was what attracted me to editing. Like I was, you know, the one that handed it off to the stations to go to air. But at the same time then I was like, oh, if I just had this coverage or if I just had, you know, this angle, the performance would be better. Or, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of it that was like, man, like, you know, I, I wish that they would let editors in the, uh, you know, the script writing process or I wish they would let editors in. They don't. I mean, you're not part of that process. And so how do you get in? Like you said, you, it's it's kind of filling in the blank. And so then um, it was kind of, it, it is kind of a control freak thing too. Like I do think it kind of goes into like that, um, <laughs> just wanting to like be part of as many things as possible, not in a like um, megalomaniac sort of way, but as a curiosity sort of way, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. just, just wanting to see how, you know, the, everything is done and see how everything is made. So yeah. So it got into cinematography then and being like, well, if I could, I can edit so I can shoot and then edit my own stuff. Then I'm the one to blame if something's missing I, <laughs> right, I, right. Or, or I can, I can go back and like reshoot or like whatever. And so it, it is like, yeah, it's something where it's like answering your own question. Basically it's, a, it's like, uh, it's like, how do I do this? Well, I do this by becoming what's missing. Huh? Boy, that's a quote. I do this by becoming what's missing. That's powerful. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think if we were to look at a scene and, you know, I, let's say I was directing it and you were the DP and I, I might go, well, I want these, you know, 10 shots for coverage. I want two contrasting wides and I want a medium two shot and uh, let's get medium close ups, shoulders and close ups of both characters in the scene and you know so i'm breaking down all these scenes and people listening to this that don't know cinematography are like i don't know what that means and you don't really have to for this point <laughs> um as a cinematographer who also works in editing you know i, I feel like me as a director i sometimes think oh, i want this shot and i want this camera movement because it's going to work really well for this shot but i i, I sometimes i think struggle to understand how it's going to piece together how is it part of the larger narrative so how do you work out that balance between what a shot might call for, but then also what the the flow of the scene and how it's going to cut together. Do you feel like your editing experience kind of helps you determine how to shoot something or, you know, is there ever pushback against a director that really wants this thing, but you know, it's not going to cut that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is some of that. Um, luckily on the clearing and on the most recent stuff that I've worked on narrative, the work, clearing being a really work. cool short film that you recently DP'd. Uh, I haven't seen uh, it, but the trailer film. looks amazing. Oh, it's a feature. That's it's a feature, yeah. Even better. Um, uh, it looks amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. The The trailer's thank great. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, I'll have to do a plug at the end of uh, <laughs> update that. But, but the, uh, no, so uh, I work with Cunning Folk uh, is the name of the production company that I work with a lot. And so I'm the, the honorary Cunning Folk. I, I haven't like put in any money or stake into the company, but they use me a lot and I love everyone with them. Um, Stephanie Trainer and Carl Nyquist are the, the um, writing directing team and Stephanie Trainer directed the clearing. So there we have a working relationship now that we've done so many things together where like we we can push back on things and be like, no, but this is going to be a problem later. Like if Carl's going to be editing this later or you're both going to be editing this later, you're going to want this, you're going to want that. And and there is no hurt feelings and there shouldn't ever be hurt feelings in film if you're doing things right. You should be able to communicate in such a way that like, you know, um, you get your point across and you, you fight for what you need, but yeah. it's, it's, 
not in such a way that you're hurting somebody else's vision. And ultimately it is the director's choice. So if you're the director and you're telling me you need that coverage, I'm gonna get you that coverage. But if there's something that I don't think that you're thinking of, then I'm gonna to try to communicate that in such of a way, or I'm gonna say, all right, well, we'll get those shots. And then can we get some time to, that, that's Stephanie's favorite thing. And I, I, I knew I was, this was gonna come up, but Stephanie's favorite thing is, um, can I have some time for John and I to just play? Yeah. <laughs> so, and so it is, it is like fun, like almost like childlike, like playtime if you have time to do it. And so you, you wanna get your coverage, but then there's stuff that, on set that you didn't realize was there or you um, you you notice something or like if you're outdoors, which we shoot outdoors a lot, you know, you want to explore. So you have to allow yourself that kind of like freedom, which time and money and stuff like that sometimes doesn't. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, so you have your main coverage, but then here's what I'm bringing to the table that I think you might need. And you get into that collaboration. So you have the most choices at the end. And so that as editing to answer your finally, finally answer your question. Editing is about choices. Um, you're choosing takes, you're choosing what they gave you to kind of like meet that original script and meet that original um, story and, and what they wanted to bring across. And so the more choices you have, the better chance at putting something together that's coherent. And so you don't want to be limited. Limitations, there's always limitations. And so you want to, yeah. you want to limit your limitations in film, regardless of what it is. So you try to predict what's going to be the limitation and then you try to give yourself more where you can. Sure, I, that's fantastic. Uh, so let, let's say that uh, I you know, have gotten a deal with Warner Bros and I'm gonna be shooting this film and I've decided I'm gonna shoot it in, I don't know, uh, Zanesville, Ohio. And so I'm like, I need someone local, <gasps> John. Uh, and so I'm gonna <laughs> bring you on as, as my DP and well, let's say, well, let's say we're in pre-production and there's, you know, scene three is a dinner scene between a husband and wife. And the wife is, she's just found out that she's pregnant. And I'm making all this up as I go. So I hope it stays logical. <laughs> she's just found out she's pregnant. And she doesn't know how to tell the husband this because she knows he's terrified of having kids. And there's a, a you know, a tense dinner scene. And he made dinner and he, uh, it's chicken and he burnt the chicken and, uh, but the green beans taste great. You know, so you and I sit down and we go, let's shoot this scene. It's, you know, a smaller dining room, uh, maybe some chip paint on the walls. So boy, there's some visual language to show there they could be doing better. Um, you know, let's, let's play that out. Kind of what's that discussion? How do you, how do you kind of start looking at how to shoot this scene? Yeah. So, um, Wow. I mean, th like anything, there's infinite ways to do it. So like, I always like start to kind of go down my flow chart of like qualifying questions then, sure. you know? And so it's like, you know, well, is this, uh, is this move, is there movement in this? Um, you know, are, are, are the characters moving? Is the camera moving? Like those kind of things, like simple questions that kind of go like, yes, no. And if, and then if there's, if there's something where it's like, no, you know, or, but it's like a hesitant, like, well, I haven't thought of that then we explore more. And so it's like, well, why not? Or so like, or like, I'll say like, you know, do you want like tracking um, shots, like panning across the table from person to person? Am I locking off on like the wides? Like how, how am I doing each of these like wides? And then if they're like, well, I don't know, what would that add? Then we talk about what it would add or what I think it would add, you know? Um, do we stay like kind of like fly in the wall? You know, it, it kind of also has to do with like, we describe the emotion of the scene and stuff like that, but like also like what if, what are the um, limitations of the actors? Um, 
like do we do we know how they're going to play it yet those kind of things um and so like that, that scene could be played a million ways so like you know that the the wife could be all just um emoting with her facial features you know to show like the nervousness of like when do i bring it up and so in that case then you have to show the face like how are we showing the face am i really tight and then how is that going to look between uh, a cut um, from a really tight face to like a wide we have to kind of like talk that out um, you know is it going to be too jarring I, I answer questions with questions but it's all kind of like funneling it down then so that we're on the same page yeah yeah so um, let's say I come so, in and I'm like okay so we're going to shoot this scene I, I know I want it on shoulder mount so I sort of want that shaky but not too shaky feeling to it um, I want uh, movement that's not inherently noticeable uh, so I want it to really, I want like a true indie feel. Like I'm trying to get into Sundance with this thing. So obviously we yeah. cast David Thewlis and, uh, <laughs> and who's, who's going to be our other lead, Catherine Heigl. Uh, so they're obviously our two leads and they're it's doing a, the scene. It's a romantic comedy. Yes. Romantic comedy yes. with David Thewlis. Yes. <laughs> and Catherine Heigl. This is great. I'm going to start writing this this afternoon. And, uh, and so I, I want this, but... Um, I, I come in and I'm very adamant that the chicken is the core piece of this scene. That's the metaphor. He burnt Mm -hmm. the chicken. He's not ready to be Mm -hmm. a dad in his mind. (laughs) He's feeling like a failure as a husband. So is this a time to bring it up? Um, and uh, you know, I want that kind of movement without feeling like there's movement. So what, what would be your, what would be your kind of next questions? (laughs) I imagine you have a lot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right, right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I think the, the answer is always yes. Like, you know, like, I mean, that's kind of your job is to, to always be like, yes. And, um, and so, uh, it's like, okay, so the chicken can be the, the centerpiece of this. Um, and you know, as and it, it can be, be like, as it should be. Um, and, uh, you try to like visualize that formal. So this is how that's going to look like. So, um, you know, the, the next question then, if I'm, if I'm going to have the chicken as a centerpiece, okay, well, if I'm not too tight on the chicken, um, <laughs> they can, they can be acting and having their conversation moving out of the room and coming in and out of frame in the background of the chicken. That's kind of interesting. Like I think about what's, what's, um, even if the, the chicken isn't necessarily the most interesting part of the shot to me, there's ways to make that there's ways, always ways to spice it up. And yeah. so it's like, okay, if I see, you know, maybe I have uh, uh, a large depth of field, like maybe I, I'm doing deep focus, like, uh, like Orson Welles or something. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you can actually see them uh, coming in and out. Maybe their heads are cut off and maybe that's symbolic of something. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe they're like this chicken. that's just, just like this piece of chicken that has his head cut off also, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're still and running they, around. <laughs> and they're still running around. Exactly. I mean, um, and then at that point, maybe the director says, well, that's stupid or that's silly. Um, and so then, you know, uh, or maybe they love that idea. Um, and so, it, it, yeah, it's trying to like find something where you can both, you know, work with it and be like, yeah, that's how we're doing that scene. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever it takes, uh, you know, you're there to like, um, you're there to please as many people as possible, including yourself. Um, and so, you know, if it's something where it's like just flat out, I don't, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be. The chicken scene wouldn't be enough to turn me off of it. Like I wouldn't walk out over that. <laughs> but, uh, well, you haven't you heard know, about so, the next scene when the aliens show up. That's well, okay. Okay. 
<laughs> could do that too. It could be alien babies and, and David Thewlis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that movie. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not sure why Warner Bros. isn't already working on this. Uh, I don't know why. David Thewlis, Catherine Heigl, baby alien chicken <laughs> flick. I, I mean, it was obvious. That was the obvious go-to, and and they haven't done it all pandemic, so. Right. I mean, some, right. Some, Which some, came first, some... the chicken or the extraterrestrials? The extraterrestrials. Oh, nice. You're welcome, dear listeners. Uh <laughs> Somebody's taking notes. They're like, I'm going to write this before he does. That's right. That's yes, it. you are. And I believe in you. And I will take 20% <laughs> of whatever you make. Uh, I think that's great. That is, uh, that's fascinating. Like the answer, <laughs> the question with a question and like really getting down to, you know, because I think it is tough when you're sitting down with a screenplay and maybe the director wrote it or maybe they didn't. Um, but there's, you know, no matter how, similar you two might be like the director and and you as a dp you have different ideas on how to shoot it even the same shot if i say it's going to be a medium close-up with the you know wife's going to be on the left center third from a three-quarter angle slightly lower i want to shoot it anamorphic uh with a deep you know deep depth of field um that's really specific and both of our images of that still look different like they just inherently do and so i think it's interesting to hear you kind of work down from this grand scale of these are words on a page that describe what the scene is to actually shooting it it's such a fascinating process to me yeah it's a different language for sure um and maybe maybe they uh maybe the legal background is part of that also like maybe when you're talking about a case it's lawyers answer questions with questions all the time right and, and engineers also, um, that's another thing that kind of like, uh, I always forget that I have like a mathematical engineering background because I never actually worked in that field. I just right. studied it. But like, I, I do think that that is a little bit, um, it's people pleasing to some extent. Like sure, I do think that sure. like, you know, I don't butt heads as much as other people just because I have this different vocabulary. Yeah. Well, I think that's interesting too, because you talk about engineering, and maybe forgive me for the wordplay here, but you're you're sort of, even just what you just described, you're reverse engineering the process. I mean, you're literally thinking about okay, so if he's really focused on the chicken, how do I build that back to okay, so great, he's really <laughs> focused on this chicken, but I need a wide shot, like, and you yeah. you actually. <laughs> brought that in which is so interesting and kind of jumping off that as a director of photography um you're a a director of sorts on the set right you're not like the director but boy the you're in conversations with the director with the producer with the talent with the production designer with the costume designer with props with you know with with your ac with your camera op if you have one how do you balance all of those different responsibilities and departments to still be kind of like I mean, there's so many creative visions to uh, take in and and find a balance of. Like how how do you how do you do that? What's your legal you know? Yeah, <laughs> what's your yeah. legal background I, help you do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, you know, it's, it's certainly being a director is like is is as you know, like I mean, that's it's a tough job. People who say like I want to direct um, and 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 the cliche does happen. Like you get a lot of actors who say, Oh, I I see myself directing and stuff like that. But then like once you're in it, like it's just, it's, I mean, you're not sleeping. Like it's, it's, it's a nightmare. And um, you're, you have to think of 
like everything that no one else is thinking of. Um, and uh, so it's answering questions like really and solving problems. Like you're a problem solver as a director and you're also, you know, uh, uh, an artist. Um, and so, um, you know, how do I, 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 I as a director of photography, I'm, I'm right there with the director um, and we're kind of playing off of each other. And then at the same time, like, I know when I have to break off of those conversations and go talk to uh, my gaffers and grips and, um, and, you know, the team that's like killing themselves out there because it's, it, that's another thing to think about is like, you know, the, the fatigue of the mind is different from the fatigue of the body. Right. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's like, you know, you know, people need breaks and, and, um, and uh, um, people are, are fighting different battles, um, you know, rigging a light and uh, making sure there's enough, you know, uh, electric and uh, battery power and, and all that kind of stuff, moving, you know, things uh, from camp to uh, set, um, you know, all of those things are just as important, if not more so. So it's like prioritizing, like, what is the job right now? What's, what's, what are we trying to do right now? And if it's a, if it's a thought process, like, well, we're, we're kind of blocking out this scene. Well, then that's not necessarily the priority. Like, I mean, it can be done while this is also going on concurrently. And so where am I most needed is kind of the thing. Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's where am I most needed? Well, I got to get my, um, lenses back in the case because they aren't going to get there themselves <laughs> right themselves. And, right and uh you know i don't want to lose anything you know there's uh, i mean sometimes it's really simple um you know sometimes it's like okay um it, it, it's like just uh just being energetic you know sometimes it's just keeping people upbeat and uh and getting through the day um and other times it's something where it's more of a theoretical conversation about like okay well let's like not waste our time what's the smartest thing to do next? Like, can we, can we cut a shot? Can we add two shots? Um, you know, where does that put us for the rest of production? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so free flowing that like, I'm giving you kind of a weird vague answer, but like it, it, it really is like just rolling with the punches and, and knowing that's why I like you working with the same directors and stuff like that, especially Stephanie, um, because, um, it, it, your relationship just gets better and better in in terms of like your working relationship. And right. so you can kind of, you can kind of um, uh, smooth over any like sort of like miscommunications or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody on set's important. No one is there um, usually getting a free ride, except in some commercial sets I've been on where people just get invited in because they're, <laughs> right. they're curious. Right. Right. <laughs> but on film sets, on film sets, especially the type of films that you and I make, like, you know, independent stuff, like, you know, everybody is put to work. Um, and so even the people there to visit question or, or yes. Oh yeah. A lot of times I, I, if it's, um, you know, somebody visiting, like that's the best thing to do because, uh, is to, is to have them like, you know, carry a sandbag and put it on a light stand and then stand there and make sure it doesn't blow over. Like, you right. know, <laughs> you know, cause they're, they're, they're still getting to watch. They're still getting to enjoy it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you don't want like, you know, somebody wandering into background or like not realizing that, not realizing that like you're doing room tone and they start like talking. Like, I mean, you know, there's, there's things that like, you know, people don't understand. So it's like, well, where do I put that person? Yeah, that's great. And And speaking of things that people don't understand, because I think film is this like 
sort of a mystical thing for a lot of people where they're like, I like watching movies, but I don't know how they get made. Uh, And frankly, those of us who make them, we also don't know how they get made because any film that ever gets made is a miracle. But um, I guess thinking in terms of, you know, both camera work, like being a DP or a camera op, and also editing, what do you feel like are the biggest misconceptions surrounding those art forms? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I, I think that, um, my biggest misconception getting into it initially was, uh, how much freedom you have or lack of freedom you have to change what's already there. So like, meaning that like, so you have a set, um, whether it's a built set or like a, you're shooting on location and that's your set. You, your idea in your head of like how you want it to look like sometimes it's not going to get exactly that way, regardless of, of what, what it is. So it might be you just don't have the budget for it. Like, so like, I mean, your lights just aren't doing the trick. Other times it's, you know, like, well, we just, um, we aren't moving today. Like we aren't, we aren't, we aren't, uh, we're on sticks right now because um, the dolly, like it's just really wobbly. Like something is always going wrong on yeah. set always yeah always and uh <laughs> and so it's you know it's um one of those things where it's like in my head it, you know it's like oh this is going to be so cool like i'll just get to i'll only have to think about framing and i'll i'll be right there thinking about the performances with the director and you know and i might get to like you know put my two cents in and have this one line is delivered because i can hear it in my head you know and like um it, it, you go through the whole day of shooting that scene and you never get to that like you never got to that moment, right, you know, you, right. you, you were too worried about like um, you tried to black out all the windows and you still had light spilling in, <laughs> you, right, know, like, right. like, you know, and so it's all these challenges and it's all these things. And, and a lot of that stuff doesn't, you know, it doesn't end up on the, the finished product. Like a lot of the things that like you deal with that day, like you're trying to alleviate things that would be noticeable to like the viewer. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stuff isn't noticeable to the viewer. Um, but the, the perfect moment that you have in your head of like, oh, it just came off like that and stuff like that. Like those aren't the moments that you end up remembering. Um, right, the perfect right. moments, the, the perfect moments you have on set are usually like the miracle moments where like, I didn't think like that anything was going to come out of that. Like that's what you remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So there is no like, like even like if you wrote it yourself, there is no like, you know, like, oh, and this is going to be the best part and stuff like that. Like it's never the part you think it is carrying a film or, or, or giving you that kind of spark where you're like, that's, that's was the that was the climax where I, everything comes together it, it, and, and for the viewer too. Uh, I, I, I made a film one of the few times that I've written and directed and put it out there myself. Um, I, I did a film called out of memory, which no one will be able to find who's listening to this. So that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it was kind of like my first attempt and it got into a festival like around state college. Um, and um, I was in the process of moving to Pittsburgh, I was moving from Erie to Pittsburgh. So all my belongings were in my car and I don't know why, but I was like, Oh, I'll just stop at the festival on the way. <laughs> and, and I'm going to like, you know, just stop there, do the show my film and then like do the Q and a or whatever. And then like go home or go to my new apartment. And um, I don't know why I thought it would just be like no big deal, but like I get there and I actually like see my film like on the screen and I like have a panic attack like immediately. Like, yeah, I was, like, like, yeah. I was wondering like, if that's this... what, was what was gonna happen there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, I'm like, what the heck? And then like, what? It was just bizarre. And then um, there was a moment where there was supposed to be like a a a, a joke or like a big jarring like 
kind of not like a uh, haha joke, but like a visual joke or like a something I had written that was like supposed to be like in my head. It was like, you know, this is this is perfect. And even on set, I was like, you see, see why I did that? Like, I thought it was so clever. Yeah. And there was zero, zero reaction out of anybody in the theater, like nothing. Ugh. And like, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, like, you know, um, and it wasn't like a reaction to myself, like, oh, they don't get it or whatever. It was just like, you seeing like your amateur self, like just up there in that screen. So like, I didn't stay for the Q and A, like I just bolted like after the film and, uh, uh, yeah, so I don't know how I got on that topic, but like it's like <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like um, th- there is no storybook anything, and um, so if you get into this business, like or you know want to try it, it's it's really being being okay with a level of uncomfortable. You have to be yeah. able to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Like you're just going to be put in those situations where things didn't work out. Um, and that's okay. Like you have to be okay with it, not turning out the way you thought it would and loving it still. Hi everyone, Cedric here. That is all we have for this week's episode of the All the World podcast. John and I continued our conversation, but it went pretty long. So we decided to cut this into two episodes. So that is the end of part one of my interview with John Zeller. Part two will be next week where we start to talk about John's influences Um, you know, how a cinematographer approaches uh, shooting a scene, and we talk about the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. So please tune in next week for the rest of this conversation with John Zeller. But until then, please be well, be safe, and we'll talk later.